On this edition of Magic Pod Squad, we catch up with Orlando Magic physical therapist Lindsay Winnegar. She's going to give you some insight into the day-to-day responsibilities and routines of an Orlando Magic physical therapist, what it's like working with your Orlando Magic players, how she gets them ready on and off the court, and uh, for, let's face it, for an injury-ravaged Magic team, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to do, and, and she'll kind of give us some insight on how she's trying to rehab them and get them back on the floor. Also, if that name sounds familiar, that's because she was the personal therapist to Lindsey Vaughn, the greatest female skier of all time, Olympic medalist, and we'll get some insight into what it was like working with Lindsey Vaughn during her storied career. She's also worked with uh, professional athletes in the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, really every sport that there is. Uh, she's rehabbed a defensive player of the year in the NFL, the SB Comeback Player of the Year as well. So very interesting insight from Lindsey Winnegar on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. And we are excited to catch up with Orlando Magic physical therapist, Lindsay Winnegar. It's uh, been a long time coming. Lindsay, welcome, first of all, uh, as a member of the Orlando Magic team. You get to catch up with myself, David Steele. Jeff Turner and George Galante, and I get—I think the first thing we want to know is, we're about the halfway point of an NBA season. You've never traveled full time with an NBA team. Most people look pretty tired. Look, but you seem to be holding together pretty well. <laughs> How are you holding up through the the travels of an NBA season? Well, first off, I'm I'm psyched to be sitting down with you guys. Thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, so far we're about halfway through the season, and, and I'm doing all right. Um, with some of my pro athlete experience over the last six, seven, eight years, um, I have had quite significant travel in my schedule and, and differences in bouncing around through Europe and in the U.S. and that sort of thing. And so while the NBA schedule has a lot more more games um, and a lot more late night travel, um, I, I think I'm holding up OK right now. We're going to get into your resume and your background, but have you ever done a podcast in a hotel room before? Be honest. <laughs> I, I have not, but you guys have a no. good setup here. It's looking good. It's Everybody looks nice. really comfortable. You're lucky we didn't get you in Sacramento because two of us would have been on the bed, <laughs> yeah, that's right. and uh, Dante would have been on the floor. But At this least is you've nice. Got a chair. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys gave me the best seat in the house. I appreciate that. But as you, you know, know George and Dante room together. They keep it kind of nice. Don't you? <laughs> Did you guys play paper rock scissors for who was sitting where? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I lost. Clearly, I, I lost. Sadly, so. George always gets the bed. I'm on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crisscross applesauce on the floor over here. It's Kind of, kind of awkward. Didn't that's you say okay. his mic's not even plugged in? Yeah, that's, that's the joke. Yeah, everybody gets the same joke. It's real funny. It's hilarious. In fact, that's why he'll get try to get close to your mic. He's, he wants to be heard. He, wants he is to be creeping heard. over here. He certainly is. He certainly is. But give us kind of an, an idea. The role of a physical therapist is what? Well, obviously, we have an idea of what it is. If someone gets hurt, and you got to get them back to health. But I, I got to imagine it's not quite that simple. So, what what is exactly your role as physical therapist? Well, my role um, with the Orlando Magic is, is I am a I am a physical therapist, which is I'm a team member of a group of 11 on a high performance staff, and and we all work together for the betterment of the athletes. And my specific role is to look at kind of how players are feeling on a day to day basis, um, looking at acute injuries and and ones that may you know have them sitting out from a few games, and basically just trying to keep their bodies um, in one piece, head to toe. 
you've been real busy lately. Yep. I mean, we, we've had right. guys going down left and right here, uh, even on this long West Coast trip that, that we're on. You guys are super busy at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, the staff definitely has their hands full at the moment, um, especially with a couple guys out. Um, Aminu and, and Isaac with with what they've got going on with their knees and um, some of the other smaller cute things that have sidelined guys from a couple games here and there. Yeah, we've we've definitely had our hands busy, um, but it's it's been good. The guys have really good attitudes and, and have been really compliant and um, working hard to kind of get back out there as fast as possible. So it's it's been a good experience. I had a, a meniscus surgery this summer six months ago. Tiny little tear. I'm still in pain from. Is that a good sign? Or am I on track to recover well? Or we might that... need to talk after this. <laughs> okay. I don't have much of a pain Happy to threshold. Help. Happy to but help. I would imagine with different people, there are different pain thresholds and different ways that you can push them. And part of that is, yeah, you have a, a way that you're going you're gonna to rehab somebody, but you got to get to know a person. I think from my limited knowledge of your field, these relationships seem to be almost as important as your knowledge of, of how to rehab someone. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every athlete's going to be different. Um, every athlete's going to perceive pain differently, um, heal heal differently, recover differently. Um, and so that was actually one of the draws um, to me coming to the NBA was the smaller kind of roster number in terms of athletes and the ability to spend, you know, one-on-one time with guys to really truly get to know them so that you can help them in the best way possible. Um, and yeah, with without knowing them, it's it's really hard to figure out how much you can push them or, you know, if, if they're grimacing, you know, what does that really mean? Um, you know, if they, they tell you you feel good, you know, but they kind of feel stiff here and there, you know, you definitely have to learn them and their bodies to kind of have the most successful result and outcome. Your, uh, your resume is really impressive. We'll get into that in a, in a few minutes, I'm sure. But um, how do you gain trust uh, of professional athletes? I mean, that's got to be very important. They have to trust that you know what you're doing, um, aside from just having read your, your resume and the fact that you've had success. But how do you gain trust of people that you're working with? Because you had to gain this trust pretty quickly. Yeah, um, definitely. There's there's always a couple different um, realms of that trust. It's it's trust with you and the guys in terms of just getting to know that person and, and know their preferences, know how they work. You know, do they work better with early morning sessions or in the afternoon? And you know, in terms of do, do they like to be part of the decision making process and they want to know all the information, or do they just want to be told what to do? You know, kind of what their their um, their strategy is when it comes to to working hard in the gym or you know getting them on the table for treatment so yeah there's there's that aspect in terms of getting to know them but then there's also the aspect of them trusting that you know what you're doing in terms of your job and so demonstrating your skill set in a way that they know that they can trust that when you tell them something you know that that you're doing it for their best interest and that you're also doing it to help them and that they know that you do know what you're talking about and that you are going to get them better if they are injured. Lindsay what about for you, I, my, my experience is that people that get into the physical therapy, sports performing industry, usually there's some impetus, there's something in their background that really kind of pushed them that way. Was there something like that for you? There was actually. Um, I had quite a few ankle injuries growing up. I was volleyball, basketball, and tennis um, as a high school athlete and I had to go to physical therapy um, in high school quite a bit for my ankles um, as I rolled them a lot and that's kind of where I got my first you know exposure to physical therapy and so when I went into college I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to do Um, I was a division one athlete in college I played tennis for a few years and so um, you kind of get hooked on you know that athletic environment and realm where um, 
it is. That's the same realm I wanted to stay in after I got out of college and helping athletes get back to doing what they wanted to do. And so that was kind of always my goal, um, even in the beginning when I first started PT school, that that's I wanted to work in sports medicine. What was your connection with working with professional athletes or high-profile athletes? How did that start? What was the first opportunity that you got? When I graduated from PT school, um, I went to St. Louis University. Um, once I got out of school, I wanted to kind of go to one of the top orthopedic clinics for sports medicine where those doctors were operating on a lot of those pro athletes. And there's a few different areas in the country um, you know, that athletes were going. And I found myself out in Vail, Colorado, where the Stedman Clinic was. And the Stedman Clinic, um, you know, is is world-renowned. And they have an, an amazing research institute there, you know, regenerative medicine, and also just some amazing sports medicine doctors and orthopedic surgeons. And um, I ended up out there right after school and was able to kind of learn in some of the best practices of sports medicine out there and had a lot of elite athlete exposure, pro athlete exposure, um, and, and rehabbing those injuries and um, athletes coming right out of surgery. And so that was an amazing experience right out of school. Is that how you met Lindsey Vaughn? Is that how you got involved with well, I met Lindsay Vaughn um, through, I had worked with the U.S. ski team for a couple of years, and I met Lindsay through that. Um, but I did have a, a heavy exposure out in Vail, Colorado, obviously, to, to skiers and snowboarders and, and that, those types of injuries. So it kind of teed me up for that position with the U.S. ski team. How does that, what, how does that conversation happen now? Because then you went to work exclusively for Lindsay, right? From Coming from the ski team, did she just say, hey, listen, here's, here's how this is going to go, and I'm going to need <laughs> you to come with me? I don't know if you heard of me. I'm Lindsey Vaughn, <laughs> greatest female skier ever. Like, how does how does that how does that all play out? Pretty, pretty much like like that. that? Is that did I just recreate the scene? <laughs> it didn't exactly happen like that, but uh, let me let me touch on that. Um, no, so I, I took a position um, after spending um, four and a half years kind of rehabbing. Um, athletes and clients from the Stebman Clinic doctors. I took a position um, as the head physical therapist for the U.S. women's ski team. Um, it was based out of Park City, Utah. And I traveled um, all over the world, you know, Chile, New Zealand, all over Europe um, with the U.S. women's ski team. And obviously, Lindsay was a part of that group. Um, at the time, she had her own physical therapist and her own strength coach, so I didn't get a lot of exposure to her. And I worked with the team for two years through the 2014 Olympics in, in Sochi, Russia, and Lindsay actually missed those Olympics due to a knee surgery. And so after those two years, um, I had kind of fulfilled my contract with the ski team and I was going to move on. And Lindsay's like, you know, I, I missed the Olympics. My knee is still not right. You know, I, I just had another surgery. You know, I'd like, I'd like you to help me with this. And so at that time, um, I'd formed a consulting company um, to work privately with athletes um, to, to rehab them one-on-one -on -one and travel with them and kind of provide that day-in and day-out care to kind of provide services where athletes can try to get back faster um, with that one-on-one -on -one attention. And Lindsay was, was one of the first clients that, that kind of came on board with that. You know, along those lines, Lindsay, there, there's a, a documentary that came out, Lindsay Vaughn, The Final Season, came out late November, HBO Go or HBO.com, and it really paints a picture of, of what she had to go through to, to get back on the skis and, and the devastation of the injuries, which we don't know, you know, we may watch ESPN or whatever, and you see the headline come on and someone has an injury, and then we check back in, you know, without knowing them in three months, four months, but it really paints the picture of the day-to-day -day that you had to deal with with her and try to help her and encourage her and, and get her better. That that whole rehab process, they really did a good job on that. For, for listeners um, yeah. that haven't seen the documentary, 
uh, Lindsay, our Lindsay here, Lindsay Whittinger, is prominently featured. Right. And, uh, you know, it's really impressive how, how, how big of a role, how major role you played in keeping her on the slopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindsay definitely kept me busy over the last six years. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> um, that's an understatement. Yeah, no, I... Uh, Unfortunately, Lindsay, you know, participated in a really high-risk sport, and so the number of injuries that come out of that sport in general are, are very high. Um, I kind of look back at the last six years, and I helped with Lindsay with I don't know, four four knee surgeries, ankle fractures, tip plateau fractures. Um, she shattered her arm, and she still has a plate and 14 screws in it. And then you look at just the acute injuries that don't have surgery in terms of back spasms and contusions and things like that, concussions that, you know, sometimes she told me about, sometimes she didn't. And that whole realm of of injury and over the last six years yeah she's she's definitely kept me busy and for her final year um, her final season HBO had a crew that followed us for the last five six months and kind of documented um, what was supposed to be kind of her last few races hoping to gain a few extra wins to kind of break this all-times win wins record and unfortunately she sustained one more injury and we didn't quite get her over the hump um, and so it turned into kind of a documentary about her career and how hard she's worked and how much she's overcome um, and she still you know was able to kind of finish on a high note so it's a it was a really remarkable story and a really um, outstanding kind of finish to her career and I, I think HBO did an amazing job capturing it. Yeah we've all seen it all four of us have seen it. I think we can all four highly recommend anybody to watch it. If you're interested in sports, if you're just a sports fan, if you're just interested in human drama, um, it's really well done and uh, well done by you too in there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, it's interesting too with the, with the, you know, we think about the Olympics and obviously that's the, the pinnacle for all these sports and play in the Olympics, but these World Cup races and the places you got to go and the, the, the places you visit, what, 82 wins the most ever by a female downhill skier, legendary i mean i don't think as a casual fan i did not know all of these competitions to be honest place. i, I uh, thought I, it was right. like every four years you know, <laughs> right watch, right yeah. watch the olympics yeah, no, there's and, a there's a regular world cup season every yeah, year it was impressive um, I mean, and, and fans a lot of fans at those events all across the globe yeah no it, uh, ski racing is a huge huge sport especially over in europe um where you know 50,000 people sometimes show up at those races so the crowds and stuff over there are pretty electrifying um, but yeah, I mean, for Lindsay to have that many wins in her career, I don't, I don't think people realize it's almost kind of like swimming in like a Michael Phelps. I mean, you're winning races by hundredths of a second. And so to consistently win races by hundredths of a second, tenths of a second, it's very, very hard to do over and over and over again. And that's what makes her so elite. That's what makes some of her comebacks from injuries so incredible and remarkable because she doesn't just come back. She's comebacks comes back and wins by such small margins it's it's just it's phenomenal you know what's what i enjoyed watching is just the interaction that you had with her in the in the documentary you're not only her physical therapist but you're her cheerleader <laughs> you you have to get on her a few times yeah. you're an accountability partner there's a mental part of the rehab process that you know just casually talking with you and everything that I think that you're interested in and it's and it carries over you know relationships you have you know the trust you develop as David talked about and everything talk about that a little bit your interest in that and how hard that is I mean Lindsey Vaughn that's one tough customer yeah 
Yeah, no, there's definitely a psychological uh, psychology component to to rehab and kind of keeping athletes mentally on track, especially if they're out for months after a surgery. Um, Lindsay was somebody that was easier to work with than most because she's just so dedicated and driven, but it's not always easy for, for every athlete in that regard. And so it's pretty important um, to get to know that athlete so you can kind of figure out, you know, how much to push when you need to pull back, um, you know, how, how can you get the most out of them each day in order to make the most progress, you know, towards your goals in terms of those rehabs. And um, it is, there's, there's a big component, big mental component. And, and you do, I, I don't think unless you truly get to know the athlete kind of on a personal level that you can, can figure out those things. Um, and if I think if you do figure out those things, you can be pretty successful together and get things done more efficiently. Is she now you don't have to name names or anything, but I'm just going to ask you the could, question. If you want to name names, you could. If this is a this is, is a this, safe place, right, safe right. place. Or if is, you allow us to guess, this. is Lindsey Vaughn the most mentally tough person that you've ever worked with? Um, she's she's definitely up there. I've <laughs> I've, I've I've had the the privilege and, and almost just kind of the honor of working with, with some of the most elite athletes in the world, like kind of the ones that you'd fall in like the top 1%, you know, your NFL quarterbacks and some of the guys you'll find at the top of the PGA tour, um, you know, tennis players, formula one, um, Dante with his knee, right? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, sounds like we got to put him on the list. sounds like we got to put him on the list. Um, but What's no, different it's different about those people. What's different about the top 1%. It's interesting. They like when you're working with Tom Brady. What's it like? Look at him plugging names, just trying to guess. Dante's like, what is he like? Where does he like to go? What is he? Where would he be, say, on a Wednesday night in L.A.? Like, where would he be? Uh, no, I I think that with working with with some of those elite athletes, they you know you can say that all athletes work hard. You know you can say oh all athletes are really dedicated, but there's a different kind of motivation and drive in some of those um, athletes at the very top that it's, it's really hard to explain. It's, it's a very interesting vibe and feeling to be around. And I don't want to say it's like, oh, you feel like you're in the presence of greatness because that sounds weird, right? But it is, there's this different, um, different kind of aura about them where that's, that's all they think about day in and day out. And that's all their whole life revolves around being better every day um, and what it goes into being the best almost in the world at what they do and it's it is it's, it's something that I haven't been able to put into words I've been asked a lot um, in regards to those athletes because it is something that um, it's just it's hard to explain but it's it's definitely a, a different feeling and vibe around those those athletes they're kind of like when we're around George you know right. that's the way we feel George but is Jeff, your mic on but Jeff, <laughs> no, what? hello but Jeff you played on the hello? Olympic team with Michael Jordan yeah so you've yeah. been uh, you've no, been in the I, presence I, of that yeah type of no person. I and I and I think it's absolutely right I mean obviously I haven't been around I mean my experiences the great basketball players and everything but there's got to be a common denominator through all that i mean there's a is it a, a no matter it's not about money or anything it's a pursuit of greatness i mean well michael you could say there was some you know there was always a uh, an element of gambling right. involved or something to be the best but uh i mean i think with that success there always comes a, a monetary amount and a financial success sure. on the side but, but i that's don't not think the driver i don't think that's the driver or the motivation behind it um it's almost like, for example, with Lindsay, she wanted to kind of leave her mark in history um, in terms of just being 
the, the best. Greatest. You know, and to so for her to end her career as the greatest female ski racer of all time and to hold that record, um, it's a big deal. You know, and that's something that she worked her whole life for. She'll say that she, that's what her family sacrificed for. You know, she'll she'll stack up a lot of things on, you know, what went into achieving that. There's a part in the in the documentary where it starts off where you see she's chasing the the ultimate record. Uh, I don't remember the the, the male Denmark that guy. Good research, right? Whatever. I don't have notes. You have notes. <laughs> Listen, everybody yeah, has their role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a part there, there. It definitely gets to a part in the documentary where you where you see where you guys all know that this race is the last race she's going to be able to do was there a different mindset of your of you and your team you know before you kind of have to look a little more long term it's like okay well we're going to get you ready to go for this race but you have four more races down the line when it got to where you knew that was her last go was there did you do anything different did your team approach it any differently or just talk about that a little bit yeah, I mean, obviously, Lindsay's last season didn't go how she wanted it to. Like I said, she sustained um, an injury just a couple weeks before the start of the season, and it was an injury that we were told by a couple orthopedic surgeons, like, you need surgery on this. This isn't something you should be skiing on. This isn't something you should be doing. And, you know, she made the decision, and, and we sat down as, as her kind of her staff um, and made the decision that she was going to try anyway. And so we threw a knee brace on her and she skied through a complete LCL tear and a lateral meniscus tear. And, you know, outside looking in, you know, there's definitely some safety risks to that. And it was something that um, kind of put our whole group that worked with her kind of on high alert and on guard all the time as, as you know, we, we were day in and day out. We were kind of worried about her overall health and well-being. And, you know, are we doing the right thing at letting her pursue this, you know, this lifelong goal? Or is this something where, like, we need to be, you know, really concerned about her safety and pull her out of this? And that's where, um, you know, she had to make a decision on, you know, she wasn't going to be able to finish the rest of the season. She was going to have to have a final race. Where was this going to be? How was this going to play out? And then we had to kind of adapt around her because that's those are big things to happen for an athlete that's falling short of, you know, this major lifelong goal. Um and, and trying to support her at the same time, knowing that, you know, she knows she's not going to be able to, to achieve this. Um, and so that was, it was a lot. It was a lot to watch an athlete go through that. It was a lot as our staff to try to stay in the right, you know, mental mindset to support her in that. And then also just on a day-to-day basis, it's like we've got a knee that's swollen all day long that, you know, definitely shouldn't be out on the mountain at all and we're going to do it anyway so <laughs> crazy that's just so, crazy yeah just it really, wild. Yeah. It really is wild what you have to go through yeah. or she had to go through so we encourage everybody to check it out Lindsay vaughn the final season uh on hbo go or hbo.com and you know it mentions on if you do a little background on you just the, the number of athletes that you've worked with in every professional sport in the collegiate realm uh, I think nine, what, nine people have gone to get Olympic medals post-injury that you've worked with. What's the most rewarding for you? Is it seeing someone stand up on that podium? Is it just getting someone back to their field? What, what do you You know, it, 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 I mean, the whole reason I, I do what I do is to try to get athletes back um, to doing exactly what they love to do, um, you know, working um, outside of athletes. Uh, athlete care as well you know just helping anyone get back to doing what they love to do is has been important to me uh 
you know, throughout my career. But it is, it's, it's extra special to see those athletes go on and do remarkable things and, you know, break records and, you know, do things like get the defensive NFL player of the year award and the Selkie award and, you know, the NHL and, you know, win the masters and, and do things that like very few athletes get to do. And so if they're able to do those things after injury, it's, it's really remarkable to be a part of that process. And it's been extremely rewarding to be around some of those athletes. Tom Brady's done none of those things, yeah. by the way. <laughs> by the way, he's done a lot. Not none of those Tom things. Brady. No, not Tom Brady. So Lindsay, you, know. you finished working with Lindsay Vaughn and that was last winter. And then there was a period where you, you took some time off, I assume, because that was such a, an exhausting experience. And then you wind up with the Orlando Magic. Could you walk us through just how this happened, how you came to the Orlando Magic from working one-on-one with Lindsey Vaughn? It's, it's kind of a left turn. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't happy I'm here? No, it's, no, good. No, no, it's, good. it's a good we left are. turn. It's a good left turn. We just yeah. wonder how it happened. We are. David's just curious. <laughs> <laughs> just, David just needs a picture. <laughs> just, no problem. No problem. Yeah, so over the last uh, six years, I've, I've had a company, Sports Rehab Consulting, where um, it is a consulting company that um, I've worked one-on-one with athletes and where I've been hired by, directly by the athlete or by the agent. Um, and after kind of finishing Lindsay's final season with her, I took a few months off and kind of reevaluated, you know, what what do I want to be doing in terms of athlete care for the long haul? Um, I had been doing that that one-on-one stuff where you go everywhere with the athlete, you live with the athlete, you know, you're doing everything day in and day out. And um, I think I was looking for just kind of a new challenge and a new space um, to work in. And, and one of the um, new trends in terms of the NBA is these larger high-performance teams where you have a lot of different disciplines working together for the uh, betterment of the athlete. And so we have a very talented staff here with the Orlando Magic where we all work together to kind of um, keep those guys in shape and in the best possible performance, you know, from, from head to toe. And so I was looking for maybe that type of new setting and new challenge. And, um, yeah, I found that with the Orlando Magic. What do you have to learn? Because, I mean, it is interesting because, you, I mean, Science. Science. You got to know. You got to know <laughs> science. Neuroscience. But, but it's it's basketball. It's NBA. It's completely different physically than than a skier or you know, NFL or any of the other things you've worked with NBA athletes. But mm-hmm. what what do you find is the the most interesting and kind of your your does your concentration change now that it's a, a different field a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the bigger challenges is the acute um, injuries that these guys have and the number of games that they play, and so they have a lot of. Um, just short turnaround in between games and and the time that you have to get them back and that's that's a challenge that's I don't want to call that fun because it's never fun rehabbing injuries but it creates kind of a a different challenge in a workspace that um, you know it does it it, it's something that's rewarding as well you know if you have a back-to-back and you've got somebody who you know gets kneed in the thigh driving down to the basket and you have to get them back the next day and figure out how you're going to get that bruise out of their quad you know so that they can manage to get through the next game that is that's a challenge and that's it's kind of fun and it makes it rewarding to have that guy get out there the next night and, and perform well what are the challenges now from from kind of working individually uh, as you're saying working for the the player and you know being hired by the agent and everything and now you're part of a team it's what you were looking for it sounds like to to try something new are there challenges I'm, I'm or advantages what 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 are you finding in working for a team and within a team yeah i mean i think that um the the one-on-one stuff i was doing before it's 
it's you have such a freedom in that you know because you are hired directly by the player or by the agent and or the agent's group and um, you're able to execute things a little bit faster um, where with an actual team environment you know you've got more people more hands on deck um, you know you've got a team physician that you need to go through um, you know and all that stuff's in place you know to make sure that the athlete um, goes through the right hoops in terms of safety um, and health and that sort of thing and so being on the other side of that's been interesting and but it's great you know like I, I have 10 other minds on my high performance staff that I get to tap into and learn from and and when we put kind of our heads together on certain things or certain injuries on how we're going to get this stuff done faster um, it is it's it's a better use of resources for the guys and and hopefully you know they see a benefit to that um, in terms of their overall health and getting them back out there do you do you divvy up you know because we have a we have a f- quite a few you know we have aki uh, one of, is mm-hmm. a physical therapist and a trainer and we have uh samir mm-hmm. and we have ernest and we have dave tenney that oversees everything do you guys you know like say for example if dj augustine goes down is that specifically you or does it you know, how does how do how does the workload get divvied up between you guys yeah i mean we definitely have um guys that I don't want to say that we're assigned to because we definitely kind of have them float around as well but we definitely have some guys that from a day-to-day perspective we're checking in on and and making sure that they're okay head to toe and then depending on um, certain injuries you know we definitely have a a wide skill set within our group and so we try to play into everybody's skills um, when it comes to certain injuries and so sometimes those guys will kind of bounce around based on on skill set too depending on the injury Um, but we do we do um, in terms of guys that aren't injured, we, we do have guys that we're kind of assigned to, so to speak, to kind of check in on every day. I'd like to ask you about Jonathan Isaac's injury. I don't know how much detail you, you want to or can mm-hmm. get into, but sure. what is he facing? What what are his challenges, and, and what are you and your staff, the rest of the staff, David Tenney and the group, doing to try and maximize his rehab and get him back not only as soon as possible, but you know mm-hmm. for long-term durability in, in his career? Yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, um, Jonathan Isaac, you know, suffered a a knee injury this season that's found him on crutches right now and in a knee brace, and it is going to take several months for us to get him back um, to to full health that he can be back on the court and doing what he wants to be doing out there. And so um, with that, it's something that we do it. It'll be an all-hands-on-deck situation. You know, we've got people back in Orlando working with him right now, even though we're on the road. Um, that we are communicating with on a daily basis to make sure that, you know, certain boxes are getting checked back there. You know, we've got our um, team chef and nutritionist that's already got him on a a pretty regimented supplement schedule, you know, to ensure that we're getting as much, you know, nutritional health in there to help support the healing of his injury. Um, You know, we've got our strength coach communicating back there in terms of what he's doing to maintain his body while he's on crutches, upper body strength, core strength. Um, the other leg that's not injured and so a lot goes into um, this this rehab right now and trying to maintain J.I. from head to toe Um, but it will unfortunately it is something that's going to take us you know a few months to get him back I'm so jealous as I look, I just I feel like they I have could, more, more than one, more said, than one guy that can look at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just it's the evolution of right. the the industry and having mm-hmm. the sports performance team and you know, everything. You might still it. be playing, Jason. Yeah. I, well, so not, I, don't, not, I don't know, I, if I know I that. Explained it well enough earlier, but that that was my draw in kind of entering re-entering the team environment. Is you know, before when I'm working one-on-one with athletes, that's usually myself and a strength coach. Where in this environment, you get to play into all these other skill sets to kind of help these guys. Um, 
you know, get through things as fast as possible yeah. and stay in shape and, you know, stay at optimal levels to perform. And, and that's fun, right? It's fun for everybody to kind of work together and tap into those things. And so, yeah, that, like I said, that was one of the draws of, of coming to the Magic. Has oh. anything surprised you about the injuries that you've seen, um, the, the uh, just working with an NBA team instead of, uh, again, individually with a, an athlete? I don't want to say I've been caught off guard by any of the injuries, um, you know, where, where guys kind of tweak their fingers or, you know, they're, you know, they get some stuff with some of their toes and their foot because, you know, they're on their feet all the time versus, you know, like I said, some of the bruises and stuff that they sustain through the games, you know, it's very, very common for them to take, you know, knees to the quad and, you know, bang, you know, kneecaps with guys out there. And so, no, I, I haven't necessarily been caught off guard with any of the injuries, but like I said, it has been a challenge sometimes when you have to get them back the next night or, you know, two days later. And, and that's the, that's the stuff that um, you have to kind of think differently, kind of think outside the box on how you're going to get them back out there. Do you like you being have, in a, oh, sorry. Do you like being right. in a controlled environment or do you like bundling up for Sochi and standing outside? I've definitely had frostbite from current <laughs> previous jobs. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's definitely different, a little bit different being indoors, but um, no, I, I don't have to have, you know, heated socks and heated gloves and you know a face mask on so no exactly. I, i'm in doing Florida's all right pretty yeah. good too isn't yeah, it yeah definitely there's no snow in orlando so everything's all right well there is one one snow it, when ernest saved christmas <laughs> oh, here we go but we, we won't that. we won't get into that he, he doesn't know about it she doesn't know about ernest yeah lizzie i was going to ask you about <laughs> you, you kind of knew about the nba coming in but has the rigors you kind of mentioned the rigor of the schedule like what these guys go through, you know, the turnaround and everything. Has that surprised you a little bit or? Um, some of the late nights with the travel and how we hop on the airplane right after the game and um, what that looks like by the time we land and get to the next hotel and then by the time we're getting up for practice the next day, like some of that short um, kind of recovery windows that they have um, has kind of been a um, kind of eye-opening to me in terms of what these athletes go, go through in terms of how they have to be ready for the next day. and. Um, truly how robust they need to be in order to make it through an NBA season. So, yeah, that's that's been impressive to me in terms of the travel schedule. Well, it's very interesting. I think fans will find it interesting, kind of your path and how you got here. And uh, we look forward to best of luck the rest of the way. I, I know you got your hands full right now. We want Lizzie to, to be, not be busy. Like, we no want, offense. Yes. Is that the we goal? We, we want them all right to be now. sitting on their butts doing right? nothing that's what we want we want we want them not busy at all is that we what want... you bring up in meetings you sit down and say how can we not be busy yeah. just came back want. from the pool yeah you know, guys got on the table tonight yeah no we've we've been a little bit extra busy with injuries um over the last month and hopefully uh the last half of the season we're not dealing with that quite as much yeah that's right well no pressure we're all counting on you and we uh... <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> and we're glad to have you on board best of luck rest of the way Lindsay. Thank, thank you, you. Thanks, thank guys. you thanks guys appreciate it <laughs> 